Hey. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. I am Kevin. Um, I am um, the bishop of Northeastern Iowa Synod of the ELCA. What that basically means is my territory covers from basically Highway 35 and Highway 20 north and east to the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. And we do leak over in some spots, for example, down to the Story City area and uh, the folks at uh, Riverside Bible Camp. Um, and it is my privilege to bring you greetings uh, from Northeastern Iowa Synod, 146 congregations and two kind of brand new uh, communities that are trying to become congregations, as well as from the whole ELCA. Um, there's some information up there if you want to follow on social media. If you look, there is hardly, these are new accounts. I've been a bishop for 37 days. <laughs> okay. Um, but if you're wondering what does a bishop do besides move diagonally, um, those would be the places, because as I find out, I'll tell you what a bishop does. Um, uh, I've actually been to two uh, bishop. They told me it was called Bishop's Formation One and Bishop's Formation Two. I have since been told that it was called Baby Bishop's School. Um, anyway, um, good to it be works. here. Good. Don't mind it. Nice. Good. Um, I, I understand um, you've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and what I want to do tonight is just share some of the stories from my life about how I have found um, and how I have listened for and listened to the Holy Spirit and where that has taken me. Um, and uh, I don't offer this as the way to do it or the only way to do it. Uh, it's not an exclusive thing, but I want to share my experience just simply so that you uh, have an idea of how it might be done. Um, it was, it, it, for me, the Spirit talks in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, sometimes through a song, sometimes, uh, a lot of times through other people, sometimes occasionally through a sermon. Um, not, not always. Um, you know, uh, sometimes reading the scriptures, um, not always. Um, sometimes out walking. Uh, in fact, that happens a lot. Uh, but one of the first times I really became aware of it, um, I was a pastor. I had been a pastor for about four, maybe five years. And um, the way I prepare sermons is I like to talk them out. Um, I like to be able to hear what is being said. So I usually stand in uh, the front of the church where I'll be preaching from, and I talk until I hear it come out. Um, and I was doing that one day, and I was getting very frustrated because I didn't like my sermon. I didn't like what was coming out of my mouth. I didn't like what I was doing, and I was really struggling with it and really kind of upset. And I finally just stopped, and I said, oh, I don't believe this. I don't believe what I'm preaching. And I don't mean I didn't believe in God or didn't believe in Jesus, but it, it was like the thing that I was trying to say, which was the traditional theological understanding of whatever text it was, I don't even remember, I was just like, I, this doesn't make sense to me. And, and I, I, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't have time to write, what am I gonna do? And I heard a voice, not out loud, but kind of within me, it was more like my body heard it than my ears, but it said, preach it anyway. And I was like, but I can't. I, what about my integrity? 
I can't preach something that I don't actually believe. That's not fair to me. It's not fair to the people that are hearing it. I have some integrity about what, sharing what I believe. And, and this voice echoed. It just said, preach it anyway. And um, 23 years, 25 years later, I have some understanding about that, which is a whole nother talk. But um, I did it. I, I gave the sermon. Um, and it, it was okay, um, but it bothered me. But it made me wonder why I heard that voice. What was it that I heard? Was it really the Spirit of God? Was it really God's voice speaking to me? Or was I going crazy, right? Or was it just that little voice in my head that's constantly nattering and talking to me and telling me what I should be thinking and saying and doing and, and worrying about? What was it? Well, I thought, you know, look at all those places in the Bible, all those stories in the Bible. There's story after story about people hearing God speak to them. What was that like? There's stories about people having visions, that God gave people visions um, so that that would lead them. And I'm like, why doesn't God still do that? And, and I started wondering and praying, why can't I hear the Holy Spirit? You know, I've always wanted one of those big neon signs. It's like, Kevin, go here this time. Um, but was wondering about that. And, um, and what I realized was that so much of what I was doing in my prayers was talking. I was never listening. I never shut up. So I started, I would, I would pray and I would tell God what I was thinking and what was on my mind. And then I would sit quietly and just say, you're going to answer um, and one day I was um, sitting in my car in my driveway and I was stressing out about going on a visit to go visit some members of the congregation. And I, it just, there was something in me. I was like, I have to go do this. There, there were some people that said, please go do this. And I was like, oh, I just, I feel sick about this. I don't want to do it. And I just, and so I prayed and so I said, God, do I, should I go on this visit? And the voice said, nope. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, excuse me? I'm a pastor. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is my job, right? I'm supposed to go and do visits and talk to people and, and help, you know, uh, do conflict resolution and make sure people feel good about And it was like, nope. And that's all it was. And I thought, now I've got a choice, right? I either listen to that voice, which didn't sound like my, the voice in my head, because that voice was going, Kevin, you ought to, you should, you, you need to be doing that. But this voice said no, and I was like, what if I, what if I trust? What if I test? What if I just think? But I'm like, why would the voice of God tell me not to go see somebody? But I thought, I'll, I'll do it. And so I didn't go on the visit, and, and nothing happened. <laughs> it was okay. And I thought, that was weird. But there's stories in the Bible about this. Um, if you've got your Bible, open it up to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, 6, we'll start with verse 6, and I'm, I'm going to read from the New Revised Standard Version. If you have a different version, it'll, it'll be close. All right, so this is a story. Um, Paul, the apostle, um, was out and um, 
This was after he was converted, after he had his vision of Jesus, um, and he was out spreading the news, telling people about the love of Jesus and the grace of God. Um, And we get here. So they, Paul and his companions, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and then during the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So, uh, first, Paul is out telling people about Jesus. That's a good thing, right? And you think Paul's got this plan, strategic plan, we're going to go to um, uh, Asia and tell the people about Jesus. Yeah, that's what you do, right? That's what Christians do, is you go tell people about Jesus. But it said, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. The Holy Spirit said to Paul, shut your mouth. <laughs> that seems weird to me, right? Because it seems like the opposite of everything we as Christians are normally told to do. But the Holy Spirit said, no, not there, not right now. And so he goes, okay, here's the next plan. We're going we're gonna to go to Mycenae and try to go into Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. God gets in the way of this missionary journey because there was another place they needed to go. And Paul and his companions weren't going there. And so it's interesting that Paul, when, when things were frustrated, that they said, oh, no, this is God who's getting in our way. This isn't, this isn't some other power. This is God who's like telling us, nope, we're not going to let you speak here. Nope, they're not going to listen. Here, I want you to go over here. And so Paul has this vision of a man in Macedonia saying, come here. And the really wonderful part of the story is that when Paul goes there, he doesn't meet a man, but he meets Lydia a woman who becomes a big supporter and starts a congregation um, that thrived um, there. Paul probably wasn't heading that place, but he listened to the Spirit. He just was aware of what they were being allowed to do and not to do, and then when he has a dream, he decides to follow it, Um, which we're not, we don't do too often. Sometimes the Spirit says no to us. Sometimes the Spirit says go. Um, another experience I had. I was uh, serving at a church and um, really kind of struggling with my call and my thought. I was thinking about leaving uh, ordained ministry. Um, I, I had met many wonderful people outside of the church who I thought were actually being better Christians than some of the people in the church. And um, I thought, well, I can be a Christian. I can follow Jesus outside the church. Um, but um, I, I got invited to in, uh, interview at a congregation um, for a new call. So we went. And 
Um, sometimes when we pastors go and interview at congregations, sometimes our spouse is allowed to sit in on the interview and sometimes they're asked not to. This one my wife Amy was allowed to sit in on. Um, they picked us up from the hotel where they were uh, putting us up and they chauffeured us around town, showed us the community, uh, showed us the church, talked about ministry. They were excited about the ministry that they were doing and they were looking for someone to come and join with them. Uh, in the ministry that they were doing, and um, it, was, it was amazing. It was an amazing interview, an amazing evening uh, of talking about ministry and things that we could share and do together, um, and we wrapped things up, and they took us back to the hotel and dropped us off, and we were not even in the doors to the hotel, and my wife Amy said, I've never seen a place that is so perfectly suited to your ministry skills. I went, I know, right? And then she said, but it's not for you. And I went, I know, right? <laughs> it wasn't for me. And, and we both knew it. And that's another piece of this, is that when we listen to the Holy Spirit, we need to find and cultivate some friends and trusted people that we can talk to about it so that we don't think we're crazy, so that we can check out whether we're crazy, Right? To, to, to bounce things off and say, okay, so, so this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. And, and Amy said it before I even could. And it, it about killed me uh, to call that congregation and withdraw my name. Because um, they said, well, we were going to call you. And I was like, oh, I didn't want to hear that. Um, but, I, but I had to do that. I had to do that. Um, another story. Um, Every once in a while when I can, I like to get a retreat, and one of my favorite places to go is Iwalu Bible Camp in Strawberry Point. Shout out again to the Riverside people, and again, I'm just gonna say, if you're looking for an amazing thing to do in a summer is work at a Bible camp. Talk to these folks. Um, there's also some Iwalu people around too, talk to them. Um, but I was at the camp um, on the far south end, if you've ever been there, um, sitting on the banks of the Maquoketa River, just watching it stream by. And I wasn't necessarily praying or doing anything. I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, I audibly heard with my ears from all around me all at once, it's time to come back. I literally looked up to see if someone had installed a loudspeaker <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> around me, and, and I, I was like, wait, come back where? But the voice was gone. I was like, no, seriously, where? <laughs> where, is, where is back here? Is that to camp? Is that, to, where is back? I didn't get it, I didn't know. So I started talking to people. Uh, I started talking to my spiritual director, and I said, you know, we, she's bouncing things off of me. I, at the time, I had a writing coach who was a very spiritual person. I, she had me write about it, and we talked about what had happened. Um, I didn't know what it meant. And then all of a sudden, there was a job opening for an executive director at the camp, and I applied. And I got interviewed, and I thought, ah, oh, this is what the voice meant. I'm supposed to come back and be the executive director of the camp. And I didn't get a second interview. <laughs> Uh, they, hired, they hired a better person anyway, who's a good friend of mine now. But then I even, when the, there was an opening for the program director, which was, I had kind of felt was below my pay grade, 
um, I was like, uh, that's okay. If God, you're calling me to this, I'm going to try it. And I got there and they went, yeah, no, you're way overqualified for this. Um, no. <laughs> uh, thanks, though. And I'm like, what? what? And, and now it, it's, we're moving on to a couple years after I hear this voice. And I don't know what it means. And again, I'm at a point where I'm thinking about leaving ministry and I just don't know where I'm going and what I'm doing. And as a last um, kind of effort, I, I called the Northeastern Iowa Synod and I said, hey, I'd be interested in talking and seeing if you have any vacancies, any spots open for a pastor. And they said, come and talk. And I went and I sat and I talked and the bishop and the assistant to the bishop said, hey, you know what? We think you should go to Mason City and have some fun. And I was like, have fun being a pastor? What? You, no, that's not a thing. And I came back. And I was there for seven years. And then June 12th, um, I got elected to be the bishop of the Northeastern Iowa Synod. It's been nine years since I heard that voice. Nine years. But I get what it mean, meant, right? It's time to come back. I had to be back and be in the right place at the right time. Um, so um, we don't believe every spirit. We have to test the spirits. First uh, John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. How do you test a spirit? Some simple things. You try it. You just step out in faith. Say, okay, I'm going to trust what I'm hearing inside me, inside my heart, deep in my soul. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to try it see where it goes. Um, second, talk to trusted people that you know. And if you don't have a trusted person, come and talk to somebody on staff here at NAS, at BASIC. Um, come and talk to me. Uh, my office is in Waverly. Um, there's people who will listen and, and help you discern. Uh, what that call is. Um, and, and then ask this, is this the spirit of Jesus or is it a different spirit? There's all kinds of spirits in the world. Capitalism has a spirit. Democracy has a spirit. The school you go to has a spirit, right? And so there's lots of spirits to listen to. But the spirit we wanted, the Holy Spirit, is the spirit of Jesus. And that is marked by some things like love, and I don't mean love as in that gushy emotion. Uh, I mean love as in that kind of doggedly determination to do what's best for somebody. Um, is, is it have to do with love? Does it have to do with grace? Does it have to do with welcoming people? And if it does, that's probably the spirit of God talking to you deep in your soul to listen. Um, it, it's about justice. Jesus was all about justice. Um, if it's about justice, then it's probably the Holy Spirit at work. I mean, there was, a, there was a thing 20 years ago, I don't know, did you ever hear the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Just ask, what would Jesus do? And there's a great meme that says, well, uh, don't discount the fact that he made a whip and chased people <laughs> around the temple too, right? So Jesus was about justice and about doing what was right for people. Um, test the spirits. Test him. Talk to people. Try to figure it out. Trust it and go. Um, ran across a good quote um, recently. Um, I was reading a book by Daniel Wolpert called Creating a Life with God, and he wrote this. Prayer is nothing more than a conversation with a partner whose presence 
is elusive. But it's a conversation. And in a conversation, we talk, but we also take time to listen, to let the person, the being that we're talking to, talk back to us, to quiet. So a big part of my prayer life right now is, um, is meditation, is trying to get that voice in my head just to shut up for about 10 seconds at a time if I can do it. Um, but just to be quiet and just to sit and listen, listen, listen deeper. Um, and, and it's there. Um, it was about, well, was September 25th, just a few weeks, 10, 12 days ago. Um, I was installed as the bishop and it was a big, really long worship service. Um, but there were six other bishops that came up, and one at a time they came and prayed over me. And then they all stood around and laid their hands on me. And I wish I could tell you that there was like some bolt of electricity and something massive changed. Uh, it didn't um, right then. That night, um, I was awakened at 3 o'clock in the morning, as my brain now does. Um, I used to sleep well. Now at 3... <laughs> Now at 3 o'clock in the morning, my brain turns on and goes, okay, I'm going to start the day. You don't have to get out of bed, but I'm going to start thinking about things. Um, but I woke up, and, um, and just, I, I started doing just some deep breathing exercises and just going, just go back to sleep, please. Um, and just did some deep kind of meditative breathing exercises when I heard these words again from deep in, inside of me, not, not, not that voice in my head, but deep inside, it said, welcome to your new call. Mm, it's still a little fresh. Um, and in that moment, I realized I'm not alone. That in my call, God is there, Christ is there, um, and, and that this, this is just, it's a together kind of a thing. Um, and I want you to know that that applies to you, not just to bishops, not just to pastors or clergy or super spiritual people. It's for you. Uh, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Paul says we are, our bodies are the temple of the Spirit. God says in those days, I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all people, right? Everybody. Um, the image of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you because of your creation, just the way you are. God loves you. Um, the Spirit is trying to speak to you. Even if you don't believe, the Spirit is trying to call to you and speak to you. Um, it's for all of us. Listen, listen, listen. Um, the last thing I want to do is one of my favorite new things. I did it as a pastor, but I get to do it even more now. I get to bless, and I would like to bless you here this evening. So receive this blessing. May you, may you be filled, filled to overflowing with the unshakable confidence that there is nothing that you can say, nothing. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that anyone else can say about you or to you or do to you that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that can separate you 
from the presence of God and the Holy Spirit that dwells in you today and always. Peace, friends. Thank you. Have a great night.